You are listening to Proof Text, a Glossa House podcast exploring scripture with Dr. T. Michael W. Halcombe and Dr. Frederick J. Long. Welcome and enjoy. Welcome to Prove Text. I'm Michael Halcombe and I'm here with Fred Long. Fred, how's it? Good. How are you doing, Michael? Um, all right. So glad to be recording another episode on the mysteries of prayer. Um, on today's episode, uh, what what question we're dealing with or what topic we're trying to tackle here, Fred? Well, we in the last episode, we were hoping to get to this question, but we had so much fun with the first question, why pray if God already knows what's going to happen? And uh, we were hoping to get to the second question, why are some prayers answered and some not? So we're going to dedicate the whole episode, this episode, to that question. Why are some prayers answered and some not? Yes. Uh, well, that's... Uh, I, yeah, yeah, go I, ahead. I, th- I think right away of um, Paul praying three times to have this thorn in his flesh, the thorn in his side removed... And the Lord answered, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. So basically, the answer was no. (laughs) (laughs) So Paul um, effectively uh, prayed for something three times even, and it was not removed. Right. And and the Lord said, my grace is sufficient. So this actually, he pulls us out at the climax of second Corinthians, where he's defending his ministry, defending his, his relationship to Christ. And, and almost in a, in a parody, ironic parody, he says, look, even though I prayed to have these hard situations removed, this one in particular, the Lord did not remove it, but rather extends grace. I also think of the Lord too, you know, Lord, um, would you please remove this cup from me, but not my will, but thine be done. I mean, so here are two people, I mean, Jesus and Paul, pretty important people who are trying to discern what to pray, how to pray, how to best pray, and what is God's will, and they're asking for things, right? but then in the end, submitting to God's answer, and I think, I guess... This question, why are some prayers answered and some not, I think, I think it's begging the question whether they aren't answered. I think, in fact, all prayers are being answered. It just may not be the way that we want them to be answered or when we want them to be answered. Right. Well, that's a good point. So all prayer is answered, <laughs> um, perhaps yes. just not just not the way that uh, we desire or want or long for, I guess that raises then the subsequent question still, why, why aren't they answered the way we want them to be answered? Maybe that's the better question. Yeah. Like what was that quote you were sharing with me just a moment ago? Yeah. I, um, there's this old saying of, uh, uh, how's it go? It's something to the effect of, um, I've, I'm glad I've, uh, how does it go? I'm glad I've lived long enough, uh, or I've lived long enough to become grateful that God has not answered all my prayers or all my requests. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah you got to be careful. I've, I've learned it this way in my mind 
you got to be careful what you pray for because you will often receive it. I mean, you got to be careful. You know, what mm-hmm. are you longing for? What are you what are you hoping for? Um, and that that may suggest that we we kind of get what we're looking for. Um, <laughs> we're looking for trouble. We're going to get it. Uh, that may not be the same as prayer, but I mean, if if we understand prayer as expressions of longing in a sense, then um, we're not far from praying right? and and then receiving things that we're asking for. So I, I've learned, yeah, you got to be careful what you ask for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there are numerous reasons as to why a prayer isn't answered the way we want it or why isn't it answered like right then, right? Mm-hmm. So um, we've been talking a lot about God's will. And I was uh, looking at prayer or thinking of prayer as the bringing backward of God's future perfect kingdom and uh, into the into the moment, into the present. Perhaps sometimes uh, uh, what we're desiring is not in alignment with that um or perhaps it's just not the right moment maybe we're trying to rush it um um, jürgen moltmann i was talking about him a few episodes back or he he makes the really good point that you know um living with i think he says unheard prayers but really i mean we're talking about unanswered prayers um living with unanswered prayers I love this. This is is amazing. Um, Living with unheard or unanswered prayers is what the new Testament calls watching. And that, that was a, that was thinking of that was a a paradigm shift for me. Right. So the new Testament isn't always just saying pray, but over and over we hear watch and pray, you know, keep watch and pray. And so there's a sense in which the watching is, is where we're in fellowship with Christ and the spirit of Christ within us when it seems God is far off or when it, when we, we are alerted to the fact that whatever we're experiencing isn't what God's future perfect kingdom looks like. And so this watching and waiting in the spirit who is interceding, uh, you know, the, the spirit is interceding in us and the, the son is uh, interceding for us at the right hand of the father um, you know, whenever we feel like we're not being heard or answered, I think that's a great reminder, like it, it, it to, to prevent our faith from, from being, uh, squashed or, you know, squelched that, that look like we're in this period of waiting. And as we are, the spirit is interceding in us and the son is interceding for us at the right hand of the father as our brother, you know, revelation gives us this picture of our brother Christ interceding before our father for us as well. Um, And so I would just say, you know, this, this period of not being heard or answered is, is what maybe we should call watching And Moltmann, I think, goes on to even say that this watching or this waiting is, in fact, the strongest form of prayer. Right. Uh, I think I think that raises the question, 
this this notion of watching is really the matter of timing. When when mm. will we receive what we're praying for, or what when will when will it occur? What what we're praying for. Um, I think too often we expect things immediately. Like I think right. our time frame is very short and very impatient. I think, um, and this occurred to me while praying for people. Um, I, I love praying for my students before class. Um, since I teach scripture, a lot of times I, I don't always like to give a devotion that's based on scripture since we're like talking about scripture, the right. whole class. So I've resorted to praying and asking for prayer requ requests. And this, I find this is a way that we get to know each other. We get to know our hearts. We get to know about each other's families. And, and as I've prayed for students, they've really appreciated that mm -hmm. connection. I mean, they've gone out of their way and said to me afterwards or in private, or like, thank you for your prayers. And a part of me is like, I feel like a cop out. Like I'm just, I mean, it, cause you know, I, I love a good devotion on scripture. Like I love that. Yeah. And this is easy for me, like praying like this, but no, it really has ministered to them, especially during COVID where we just open up our hearts and, and just share um, the Lord with them. But this idea of, of timing um, and, and praying and, and being bold to pray for healing. Yeah. But then I, I will explain, I'm like, this healing will be realized someday. Yes. Right. <laughs> so right. this is a matter of timing and, and sometimes it's now. And, and I, sometimes I think we just need to be bold to pray for it. Right. And, and to see what the Lord do, do, does and, and to put it in the framework of, of other people praying and encouragement and so when I'm praying for healing, I'm often evoking and just saying, you know, Lord, hear the, hear the, your people praying, you know, you know, the needs of this family, you know, how encouraged, you know, and so I'm actually asking the Lord to work in their lives as, as perhaps, and probably they're praying mm. because I think a lot of people struggle at these points where there's a loved one that is hurting and, 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 and ailing. Well, I think this is why I was saying, you know, uh, the, the, the prayer is, is at its core eschatological because inevitably explain that again, eschatological meaning. Yeah. It's, it's looking forward always to the end breaking of God's fully perfect future kingdom. And what yeah. we're doing is asking God, like what you just said, like in, in the, in the new heaven and earth, in the new Jerusalem, there will be no sickness. There will be no death. There will be no yeah. pain, no suffering. Yeah. And so it's like, God, we know that is, is what your future perfect kingdom looks like, but bring that backward for a moment into the present and, and, and let us experience that here. And so, Yep. Um, but inevitably, inevitably, every believer who prays is going to hit right. this. Well, every believer who prays is going to hit this bump of, yeah. well, it didn't happen immediately, you know, or it wasn't answered or, or happened. <laughs> yeah, or, or it didn't happen. And so this is the value of 
the period of watching or waiting um, that if, if I don't know if this is overstepping, but if we didn't have these periods of these lulls, these moments of watching and waiting, then prayer wouldn't be eschatological and prayer. I don't think would be messianic. <laughs> messianic. So wouldn't be in, so explain that wouldn't be messianic messianic being Christ focused Christ hoping waiting, yeah, waiting for our ruler to come and exactly God's kingdom to be established. Yeah. Without, without these lulls, these lulling periods, prayer, we wouldn't realize that prayer is messianic. It isn't because it wouldn't be looking forward to that, the inbreaking of that fully perfect future kingdom in the here and now. Um, it, it wouldn't be, it, you know, so I, um, I don't know. I, I think we, it causes us in other words, to live in this, this intense expectation of God's inbreaking kingdom. Um, and so yeah. that's, that's what, that's how prayer is messianic. We're, we're waiting, you know, and expecting and trusting, uh, and a lot of times doing that intensely. And as you pointed out earlier, um, it, it may not come to pass immediately, or, uh, we may not get to see it pass here and now the nowness, but we know that in the thenness, it it certainly will. Um, and yeah. so, this is this I'm, is the yeah. I'm yeah go ahead. I'm wondering. I'm wondering how the Lord's Prayer is a model for this. Like what it teaches us about praying messianically or eschatologically. It, yeah. it seems to be if if we look at the flow of the Lord's prayer, so our father who art in heaven, who is in heaven. Mm. So it starts with that reality of relationship. Mm -hmm. I would say like fundamentally, let your name be holy. That yeah. I think speaks to the reputation of God um, as present among his people who are to be holy as God is holy. I take that in reference to like, you know, when God's people are not holy, God's name is blasphemed among the nations. Like this yes. comes in Jeremiah in the prophets bemoan this fact that when God's people are disobedient, God's name is not lifted up properly. And, and, and so the converse, like when we're praying for, you know, your name, let your name be holy. It's really a call for us to be holy ourselves, to properly reflect who God is. Yes. So it begins with our father who art in heaven. So God up in heaven begins. So let, let me relationship, say, and then it goes to. <laughs> oh, hold ones. on, hold on. Yeah. And, and so th this comes back to how we are. Uh, so we, we talk about uh, taking God's name in vain, right? I think that's not saying like GD, although that's a, a part of it, but exactly what you're talking about is that when we're not living holy, we're, we're, we who bear God's name on our foreheads, we, we, yeah. the priesthood of believers and revelation makes it clear, right? That we, uh, that, that bearing of God's name on our forehead is, is really a representation of our heart mind. But when we're not, 
when we're not bearing that name well, we are blaspheming God's name before the nations. Yeah. 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 And so let's keep on this because we're, and it's actually relating to this, this idea. Why are, why are some prayers answered and some not? Let's, in the second half of this podcast, let's look at James just a little bit as a jumpstart, but this issue of awaiting and properly acknowledging God as God, as our father and God is holy and his name being holy. You know, James says you ask and you receive not because you ask for the wrong reasons. Yes. You're exactly. not holy yourselves. Mm-hmm. And so listen to this. Uh, we'll take a break. Listen to our sponsor. And we'll be right back. Looking for creative ways to launch your biblical language studies to the next level? We here at Glosa House create resources with you in mind. We've created a stock of innovative and cutting edge audio, video, digital, and print resources to help you reach your language goals. Visit glosahouse.com to find what you've been looking for. Glosa House, language resources for the global community. on today's podcast we're continuing our discussion of prayer and particularly we're looking at we're thinking of the question why are some prayers answered and some not and we've kind of been looking at that as almost like a a false kind of question in the sense that all prayers are answered it's just sometimes the answer is no Um, we've we've reflected on the fact that paul prayed three times for this thorn in the flesh to be removed and the Lord basically said, no, <laughs> my grace is sufficient for you. Jesus prayed, Lord, let this cup be removed from me. But then he says, he qualifies it, but not my will, but thine be done. And mm-hmm. so we've been looking at, at prayer as this future-oriented, this messianic stance where we're, we're expecting and wanting God's will to be breaking in. Yeah. And then we, we've turned to look at the Lord's Prayer briefly uh, acknowledging, starting with God being holy, you know, God is our father, let your name be holy, let your name be sanctified as, and then talking about this in terms of his people being sanctified and reflecting God's holiness. And so that God's name, let God's name be holy is something that God's people are responsible for carrying. Like we, we bear that responsibility because people if they don't have a relationship with God, if they don't have an experience of God, where they would encounter that would be through God's people. And so we mm-hmm. have that responsibility to bear that. And somehow this has some relationship to our prayer, right? Because we're wanting our light to shine. We're wanting all people to know who God is and how we live and how we pray should relate to that mission. And so next in the sermon, in the prayer, you know, so let your name be sanctified, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Mm -hmm. And so James then very interestingly says, you receive not because you ask with worldly intention. So sometimes it's because we're unholy and not living according to God's ways that we're then asking for things that would be harmful for us and we don't receive and we should be thankful for that yeah yeah so i I think that's a a good point right so sometimes the answer is no sometimes the answer is 
not yet <laughs> right um and sometimes the answer is okay you know so um it, it does happen but that's right i think i think there is a, a sense in which our behavior uh or our disposition of our our heart mind um our, our spiritual disposition or condition can can prevent uh, the the end breaking of God's kingdom into that moment. I don't want to say always, but it seems like that uh, that that is something that we see in Scripture in that passage from James that you just read. Um, yeah, is is right on point. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm. Uh, so then there's this idea of, of patience and needing to be patient. And, and, and there's certain kinds of praying. So, you know, we can be praying for like events to happen or a healing to happen. And I, I think we can pray for that healing, but I think we need to have a, put that within an eschatological framework. That is that mm-hmm. someday our bodies will be resurrected and will be judged, you know, so there'll be a healing uh, with that. And then we can pray for circumstances. And there, I think we need to be patient as well. And sometimes circumstances won't come about how we might want them to be. But other times, you know, if we're open-ended about it, um, you know, maybe it just may take time. It may take, it may take years, in fact, Mm -hmm. um, for big things to be orchestrated. And so it is a matter of waiting for that, and, and discerning, and then maybe saying, you know, the Lord maybe saw it fit that it wasn't good, or things just didn't work out that way, and instead he's opened up another door. But another kind of thing that we pray for, and we're, we're guaranteed to receive, is wisdom. So mm. in James chapter 1, verse 5, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let that person ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach and it will be given to them. I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing wisdom. Um, But then he he qualifies, but he must ask in faith without doubting for the one who doubts is like a surf, like the surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Hmm. So wisdom, why is it that God wants us to have wisdom? And he says he'll give it. I think wisdom has to do with practical living. Hmm. And God wants us to have that wisdom. Now, how soon will that wisdom come? And what form will that come? By what means will that wisdom come? Well, it's not specified, but it is, it is promised. Um, I think there are many resources for the receiving of wisdom. There's, there's God's word, uh, Proverbs hmm. and and the word of God generally can convey a God's wisdom. I think I've experienced where answers to prayer, answers to wisdom for wisdom and and how to live, how to proceed next come from God's people who speak to me Um, and going through a a hard time, you know, about a year and a half ago, a really difficult time. I was prompted to do things, take next steps to consider this or that, by, by usually two or three or four different people independently. It was pretty amazing, you know, over a period of days that, that I was needing to think about something, do something, and lo and behold, people were encouraging me independently. 
And so that's, I mean, there was a, over that period of time in my life, uh, pretty, very serious hardship. People were praying for me and probably praying for my wisdom. I certainly was, and it was showing up through God's people. So, um, Anyway, I think it's interesting. Yeah. James in 1, 5, and 6 says he will give you wisdom. And I think the wisdom here is wisdom to live well and rightly. Yeah. I, mean, I, th- I think God wants us to live well and rightly. Um, he wants us to know his will, uh, particularly his moral will. Um, and that, that maybe is in a whole other podcast, you know, what is God's will? Yeah, right. But, that's uh, to me, that's related to wisdom, particularly God's moral will for us. What is he, how does he want us to live well in this world? And as we're discerning what to best do in this or that circumstance, he doesn't want us to be in the dark. I find though, that we have to be moving. We have to be acting and living, living, you know, according as much as we have, uh, you know, morally and righteously, but if, if I'm moving forward and, and trying to make decisions, um, I got to keep moving. And mm. one of my students, uh, Brandon, he said that God, he's experienced that God often leads by red lights and not necessarily green lights. <laughs> I like that. That's yeah, good. Which I think is really true to me. In other words, you got to keep moving forward. And I, and I, liking, I liken this to like being in a boat and mm. the rudder only works if the boat is moving. Mm. But if we're asking for God's guidance and steering his wisdom, think of that as the rudder. It, it only comes though, if we're moving, if we're stopped and frozen in fear and doubting, that's not a good place to be in. And mm. um, his rudders can be changed, trying to shift our direction. But if we're not moving anywhere, it can't shift us. Mm. Yeah. So I'm intrigued by this, this need, this response to give us wisdom. It seems like yeah. it's guaranteed. He'll give generously and without yeah. reproach. He's, yeah. There's no shame in that. No shame in that. He wants to help us out. This issue of doubt. Um, I think that would be another good, uh, another good podcast topic. I have a, yeah. I have a, a very positive uh, view of doubt. So it'd be interesting to, to dig deep into what that, you know, positive and negative aspects. Yeah, of doubt. It's diacrino. Yeah, mm. so it almost is like judging through. Mm-hmm. So to judge, like judge, it's almost to be, it's almost to have a hyper, I would think almost like a hyper engaged mind that mm. is overly discerning. And I I find that, you know, I, I engage my mind. I think Jesus wants us to engage our of mind. Of course. Of course. But there there is a time when we're, too we become too responsible almost like too mm. hyper engaged and it, it it's it comes out of a place of fear mm. and that whenever i'm in that place of fear that's never a good thing like it, it needs to cut there needs to be love and trust and then to move forward out of that i personally i think this is an area of growth for me like i yeah i really i really think that that we all struggle with this and learning you know i've had to learn how to trust myself like trust trust god working in me in a sense trusting god's work in me and uh, to pray for this wisdom and receive it and not to doubt not to doubt 
maybe maybe that could be the the next episode i'm really really intrigued by that but um you had mentioned a few moments back a couple of ways that we receive wisdom uh, you had mentioned yeah. the study of scripture or going yeah. to scripture uh god's people um i think those are those are both right on um mm-hmm. and still this sort of analogy and and turned it into my own of uh, uh this analogy of a palimpsest it's p-a-l-i-m-p-s-e-s-t a palimpsest um my i'm that? saying so uh, a palimpsest is uh, in the middle ages they they used they wrote on parchment so it was kind of like their paper and there was there was a often a, a scarcity of of parchment um and so what would happen is that people would pick up a piece of parchment that already had writing on it, and then they would write new texts on top of it, right? Yeah. And so yeah. it, it was like basically the layering of one text on top of some, some other text that was already there. That's, yeah. that, that's what a palimpsest is. From and, pollen, pollen in Greek meaning again, and possessed, I guess, is writing or something. <laughs> Yeah, I don't again, know saying again. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Heschel, uh, he, he would describe theology as he says, authentic theology is like a palimpsest, but I would say that, mm-hmm. that, that really, uh, prayer, I mean, is, is kind of this, that it's, you have a scholarly disciplined study of scripture, uh, in the community of God's people. And uh, that that's, that's what's um, uh, either, you, I guess you could do it either way that prayer then is written on top of that, or that you have prayer as the base and the scholarly study uh, of scripture among God's people is grafted on top of that. And so mm-hmm. um, there's this, interacting this this mixing or layering of uh, disciplined scripture study in the community of god's people in yeah. conjunction with prayer yeah um yeah and i i think out of that uh, communal wisdom is birthed right it's it's personal but it flows out of the community so and it, not just out of the community of god's people but the community of the trinity as well um and not just out of the community of god's people here and now but across time and uh, across the globe right so there's this yeah. this this godly uh wisdom that extends globally and mm-hmm. uh, across time barriers do you think that, to follow up on that excellent point, do you think that um, as we align with God's word as understood and communicated in and through God's people, do our chances of having answered prayer increased or positively answered prayer increase? Yeah, I think so. I and absolutely. Why, why is I, that? I, uh, because scripture reveals the will of God. It reveals the desire of God's heart. It reveals what God desires for yes. his future perfect kingdom to look like. And 
Yeah. Once we know that, we can pray that whatever the circumstance we're in would come into alignment with that um, and look and smell and feel and sound like that. Yeah. yeah. So in other words, and, and that is how God is working in the world. Like yes. In other words, he's working in mission to reach people, to transform people and places and institutions. And so as we know God's word better in concert with God's people better, we're more in tune with what God is doing. And so we're actually praying in concert with what God is already yes. doing. So we will have more, we will see more fruit in our prayer because we're actually praying for the, for the right kinds of things or in the right yeah. way. And we'll, and I think another, then another aspect of that discernment, so you have God's word, God's people, but I think there's an inner testimony of the spirit in my, my heart. So mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of, it's a subjective speaking um, that I think is kind of like an inner witness. And so that's something else that, um, that I think we can develop as, as people. And that is a kind of an inner discernment um, in my spirit. I can sense, you know, danger. Sometimes there's been danger signs like danger, Will Robinson mm -hmm. going off in my heart. Other times green light, you know, other times, you know, Hey, it's in your court. What do you want to do, Fred? Yeah. Right. You know, but I, I think I'm learning to discern in those ways as well. So that's another kind of way to discern how to pray. But, but that part of myself shaped by the word of God, shaped by the theological discourse of God's people in light of God's inbreaking kingdom. Yeah, I think so. So if we're asking that of God, right, like bring your, your future kingdom backward into this moment, like the, the spirit, I think, helps us, the spirit reveals to us and helps us see what it would mean if the relationship I'm in and praying over at the moment, actually what it would look like in a world transformed in, in, in accordance with God's good and perfect will, God's good and perfect kingdom, or if we're praying for a nation, the spirit can give us insight into what it would look like for yeah. the organizations and structures and uh, government officials and figures, what it would look like to be transformed into that uh, or by that uh, future perfect kingdom. And, yeah. uh, and so yeah. maybe there's a sense in which all our prayers, I mean, I'm, I, as I keep talking about this, I'm kind of becoming convicted that maybe I should be ending my prayers with, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done mm -hmm. on earth as it is in heaven. Maybe I need to start doing that more, but I think, yeah, yeah like uh, it, by getting into the text, we are, we are understanding more of what God's will is, what his future kingdom looks like, and then able to live and pray in accordance with that. Hmm. And th this raises another question, um, maybe another episode, because right, things keep coming up, but um, uh, should we pray generally or specifically? And I, I've, I've heard numerous people talk about, mm -hmm. uh, you know, prayer needs to be specific. And 
um, I, I think that's such an interesting thing. And so maybe, maybe that would be our next episode even, and maybe in addition to doubt, but that's good. Well, we've, we've kind of walked around this issue. Does, does, uh, why are some prayers answered? Some not probably all are answered. Um, but sometimes it's, or often it's no, uh, sometimes the answer takes some time. Not yet. It shows up in, in interesting ways. Um, and then we can also grow in, in our praying such that there is more affirmative answers but this is submitting to God's will. So not mine, but thine be done and submitting to God's grace uh, as sustaining us as we wait. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, thank you for listening to this podcast and I just leave us with a parting shot from T.S. Eliot. What shall not cease from exploration and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. <laughs> so we're kind of coming back, coming yeah. back to yeah. where we started. And that is relationship, fellowship with God. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, we hope it's helping you in your, your, these episodes are helping you in your prayer life. Um, we hope that you'll keep listening and, uh, Until next time, aloha. See you later, Fred. See you. See you, Michael. Bye-bye.